Welcome back to the Free by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evan Williams, and this is episode 16. There's really nothing like moments of serendipity. Just last week, I finished the episode on van life and I published it. In that same day, I walked by a beautiful VW Combi. It had such a unique style and was custom painted. On the van was painted the name Combiwasi, so I had to look it up on Instagram. And sure enough, there it was, the same van that I saw on the street. This was absolute fate, so I reached out to them immediately. I couldn't help myself. I asked right away that I'd love to have them on the podcast. And I'm so glad I did. I got a quick response back, and they were in. So on today's episode, I have part one of a conversation with Samba and Teko from Kambiwasi. It was a conversation that I needed. After last episode, I ended up with so many more questions and apprehensions about van life than when I started. We had a very genuine conversation about the realities of the lifestyle. I had such a great time chatting with Samba and Teko, and I have no doubt that you're going to love the stories that they shared on the uh, on the episode. So, let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Samba and Teko. Enjoy. So the last episode uh, of the podcast uh, was all about my fascination and apprehensions about van life. I'm very much still on the fence about it, uh, but maybe today's episode will actually push me in one set direction. I'm here with Samba and Teco from Kambiwasi. Um, they're currently traveling Mexico in a 1992 VW Combi named Kambiwasi. Um, guys, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so since travel is such a big part of this podcast, I want to first say and kind of set the stage that we're in San Cristobal de las Casas, and we have a window right here. It's, it's an absolutely beautiful day yet again in San Cristobal. So I don't know about you guys, but I just always count myself so lucky to be in such an amazing part of, uh, of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start on a good note. <laughs> cool. So... Um, to begin, I just wanted to find out a little bit more about yourselves. Um, so, Samba, where are you originally from? I grew up in Alaska and moved all around because my dad was in the Air Force. So I never lived anywhere more than five years until probably my, you know, 30s where I'd stayed in like Arizona for 15 years and mm-hmm. that would be the longest I ever lived anywhere. But California, Alaska, Missouri, Texas, Washington, all over. So constantly Constantly moving, yep. Yeah. Cool. And I think that kind of stuck with me because after I'm somewhere for two to five years, I'm ready to move again. You get antsy, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I was originally born in Guatemala. Okay. And I left at the age of uh, 17 to make a life in another countries and cultures. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so that's a bit of the background for yourselves. What actually brings you um, just now to San Cristobal? 
Well, this is our second trip to San Cristobal. Mm -hmm. We had stopped here on our way up from our uh, big excursion around South America and didn't get to spend a lot of time in Mexico. This is one of the few places we stopped and fell in love with it and definitely wanted to return. San Cristobal. To San Cristobal, yeah. Wow. And I'm a jeweler. That's perfect. So uh, coming back here gives me the opportunity to obtain more amber. Yeah. And I did find uh, a jeweler in town that gave me classes and helped uh, polish up my silversmithing skills. So, you know, things Excellent. I could do in the bus and in our home base. That's amazing. Yeah. This, so. in case anyone's not um, familiar, that this, yeah, particularly San Cristobal is um, really uh, popular for the, the amber that's around. Um, mm -hmm. and there's some amazing jewelry. It's yeah. really impressive. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, so, in the last episode of the podcast, I talked, as I mentioned, a lot about um, my apprehensions and my fascination with the lifestyle. Um, I just really love the simplicity uh, of just being able to have your vehicle also be your home. Um, but I do have apprehensions, as I said, and I'd love to talk more about what the lifestyle is actually like, um, some of the realities of the lifestyle. I think that a lot of times is, is something that's that's missing from like the Instagram shots. That, Definitely. That, <laughs> so I want to have a like a real um, more poignant kind of conversation around the realities of it. That. Excellent. <laughs> so do you live in Kambiwasi full time? Well, um, at this moment, yes, we are. And um, when we come back from South America in this bus, we live in the bus for a few months until we build little home place, home base. Um, off the grid, little hideout. Off the grid, in the mountains. And, you know, we have a little creek that goes by the property, and that's where we get our water. So, yeah, coming once is always a part of our life. And it is our adventure van. So, we're not very sedentary, so... Do we live in Kamiwasi full-time? Well, yes and no. You know, mm -hmm. we're traveling, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's our home. That's the best way, too, because it's... There's a friend of mine had, had said that it's, like, when he thinks about, like, beliefs, he wants... He, he uses the analogy of wearing it like a loose garment so you can flex and be, you know, yeah. let it flow. So it sounds like it's a similar situation where... Yeah, the lifestyle may change, but right now it's it's full time. Yeah, yeah. You know, living in a bus, um, it's, it's not like you're cramped for a space because really all it is is your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, okay? Yeah. But if you want to see the world, all you have to do is open the doors. And the whole world is your yard. Yeah. So really, you're not living in by space. Encourage, huh? yeah. It encourages you to get out. Yeah, you have a giant out. house, 1,500, 2,000 square foot house, even, you know, an 800 foot apartment. It's your cave. You hide in it. You watch your TV. You hang out. You don't ever leave. Mm -hmm. You're in a small space driving through Columbia. All they had out in the, you know, you know, the countryside was a small room where the whole family, small like this, uh, you know, 10 by 10 room, that would be their bedroom. Everything happened outside. Everything. The yeah. kitchen's outside. The living room's outside. The bus is the same thing. It's a secure place to avoid, you know, harsh weather or, you know, mm -hmm. things that you could sleep in comfortably. And then you wake up and you walk outside and interact with the world. Yeah. Even in a, in a hotel or a hostel, <clears throat> you still can hide with inside those walls. In a bus, you yeah. can't. We open the doors, make breakfast. Everyone's looking at us. 
<laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, and in an Airbnb as well because that's how I've been living for the past two and a half, three years, and mm-hmm. I definitely can escape to my room. And yeah, yeah but I, I do love that um, part of the culture, uh, particularly where we are right now. It's everyone goes at night to the center, the, the Zocalo. Yeah. Right? And, and socializes and hangs Absolutely. out. That's the living room. That's where life happens. Exactly. And it's, it's beautiful. It's a great way of living. Um, so do you stay in hostels or Airbnbs at all, or is it just mainly Kambiwasi? Mainly it's Kambiwasi. Okay. Um, this, this opportunity in, in a small town like this, uh, there's not a lot of necessary places to park in town. But we just left Cholula, we parked on the Zocalo, and we stayed there a week. Nice. Totally free, wow. everyone, the police saw us, everyone's happy. In South America, it's Plaza de Armas is what they call it. We pull up to just about every Plaza de Armas, from the smallest little village-type town to the some of the bigger cities, mm-hmm. and just camp there for free. But here we have uh, staying in the bus, but for other necessities... We just barely pay anything anyone else in the hostel does, and we have access to the showers and the bathrooms. And you could do that once a week. You could do that for the whole time. And you just pay for when you use the facilities, so it's very inexpensive. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize. I I kind of assumed that that was the case because I noticed that you guys were parked just outside of the one hostel. So that's really handy. Yeah, it's, it's a new discovery we made on this trip. That wasn't something we'd ever thought of. We would just rent a shower and, yeah. you know, couple this, couple that, just a few pennies for a shower or something everywhere. But on this trip, we use the app by Overlander. Okay. And that is for people who are traveling in their cars. Okay. Giving hints and ideas. It's a map showing you all these resources. Uh, yeah, okay. And I had seen on there somebody had done that at a hostel, so that was... Here in San Cristobal, we couldn't find that one, so we just asked this place, and they were more than excited to have us live in front of their hostel. Yeah. <laughs> and in South America, there are communities of, of people traveling in, in not just BW buses, but cars, you know, and you communicate with, with each other, and there are specific areas where mm-hmm. viajeros or, or people traveling go on a stay. Parks, uh, communities, police stations, you know, that yeah. welcome all travelers, so... You know, you don't need a hotel or hostels to yeah. do it, you know. That's Especially good. internet seems to be one of the necessities of today's life. Yeah. Find internet in every place. For There's sure. free internet every place, you know, so... Yeah, it's interesting. I think it seems like it's one of these things where you don't you don't know until you ask. Exactly. You know, just right. find a hostel and ask. So, um, what originally drew you to this lifestyle? I'm sorry, what was the question? What originally drew you to the... Uh, the lifestyle of living and traveling full-time? Well, personally, I, I say that, you know, I when I left Guatemala, where I was born, I've been traveling and I have never stopped. To me, traveling has always been a way to see the world, sure. a way to to grow. I have two, uh, two, two kids, two children, and one of the things that I always put in their mind is that the best thing you could do to yourself is give yourself the gift of traveling. Well, see how the world is, you know. And you realize that you're capable of doing anything you want in life once you see how other people live and different cultures. So so for me, it's been not necessarily full-time, but I have lived in other countries for different months. I lived in Baja California for nine months at a time. You know, I travel the world, so 
it's just a lifestyle, something I like to do personally. And now with uh, Samba, well, it's, it's, it's a huge adventure, you know, it's a, it's a reinventing the world, you know, the two together living in the bus, it's, it's just amazing. It's beautiful. So we keep traveling, yeah, I don't see we'll ever stop. Nice. You know? and, and we both grew up, well, or, or existed, I grew up with my dad camping, grew up in Alaska, and when I, you know, got out on my own and got my own cars, I've always had a camper van. Mm. And him too, since for a really long time, he's owned a camper van. And, you know, for me, it was three months in the summer living in the camper van, traveling up the West Coast, and, you know, with me and my young child, whichever one it was, they're 10 years apart, so it's only one at a time, and just me and the small child, you know, staying at rest stops or truck stops or family or friends, and so I've lived in the bus in those short periods of time, so it wasn't a big jump to, it was a jump for me to leave the country so far away to go to another continent, to sure. Peru at first, but the lifestyle in the van, I've worked on these particular models my whole adult life, and uh, I started off as the mechanic, keeping it going, teaching him how to work on them. Wow. Newer cars, he's the mechanic, but you know. Yeah, you've been traveling all all this time yeah. too. When I met you, you were traveling. So we, we had an idea what it yeah. needed to get into a bus and uh, figured the rest out. Very cool. No, it sounds like a very organic, yeah. natural progression. Did you, <clears throat> have you guys customized Kambiwasi at all? Yeah. Mm, yes, in many ways. We bought her oh. as a taxi. Wow. An empty, empty taxi. <clears throat> had a couple, like a bench seat in the back in Peru. You know, met some other people in buses on the plaza. Mm. And somehow, finally, in Cusco, someone led us to the bus. Well, this trip started because I called Don one day and I said, Hey, you want to go to Peru? He goes, Where? I said, Let's go to Peru. So, we just decided, and a okay. week later, we're going to Peru. ¿Por qué no? And, <laughs> ¿por qué no? And uh, the idea originally was to send one of the other buses to Valparaíso, Chile. But that bus is not very popular in South America, so we were concerned about getting parts for it. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go and buy a bus, a Brazilian bus, in South America. And that's what, how we came across Combi Wasi. Wow. And in someone's backyard in Cusco, Peru, we bought, you know, a hammer, some nails, and a saw, and a little bit of, I don't know if we had any glue. And with the yama looking over our shoulders, we oh, built the interior. The yama, yeah. built, built the interior. So we in a week, a, one week. One, one week. hammer. One week. Wow. We have one hammer. We have uh, two-inch nails. I remember they were two-inch nails. And we had a little saw. Hand saw. Probably about 16 inches long. And with that, we built the interior. Uh -huh. um, it's just great. We have a little stove, propane gas. and Wouldn't change a thing. It's yeah. perfect. We put our heads together with all of our experience of living in mm -hmm. that space. and. It forces you to be resilient. Yeah. Yes, you have to be resilient to live in a bus. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little <coughs> bit about um, hygiene. It's <laughs> our so, favorite topic. Yeah. We tell everyone too much. <laughs> oh, be aware of what you ask. Yeah. <laughs> I find actually that if if you maintain a pretty clean diet, yes, it's that's kind of one of the, the cornerstones to having good hygiene because things smell less and True. it just makes everything so much easier. So what has it been like to maintain hygiene in such a small space? Well, to me, the way I would answer that question is that before you even begin to think about it, 
you must understand that to live in a bus, have a bad life, you have to reinvent yourself. Mm. You have to to change the attitude that you have had so far and look at hygiene from a different point of view. Sure. Like, you don't need to take showers every day to be a healthy, to have a healthy body, and you don't. This you know, concept of shower, washing right. your hair and your body every day dries your skin out and causes dries your hair out. So once a week, in nice, comfortable conditions, not melted, melting in the sun. Or, and there are know. things you could do. There's a lot of, uh, if you are in the country, there are rivers, there are lakes, you know, that you could stop. Mm-hmm. And this is the most beautiful thing. Oh, jump in a lake and a river and just wash yourself. And that's just a, such a refreshing thing. There's some chemicals that you could use, like something called uh, no rinse which uh, is, um, I guess, a chemical. Drop a couple of drops in, in a bucket of water, and just a rag, and you clean yourself with that, and it's just so refreshing. It was it's invented for low water washing for astronauts. Astronaut by NASA. Wow. So you so take a little capsule and just, you can wet a cloth, put it on there, and you wash it on, and you don't have to wash it off. And literally, no matter how stinky or sticky you were before, you feel totally clean. So that's a you know a little backup resource we have in there when we have to clean in the middle of a city or something. We don't have access to anything. I find a spray bottle with vinegar and paper towels. It's uh, a great so sponge bath. Mm-hmm. You know, fresh. We don't wash up. our dishes. We use vinegar and, uh, and water. And it's yeah. perfect. But we're vegetarians. We don't have the meat bacteria or dairy or anything like that. So in that aspect. We learned in Peru. We couldn't get water. We couldn't get water, and you can't carry enough water from the distances to get water. So you can't fill your car up with 50 gallons of water. True. You know? So how did, just by living in that culture for a while, we, we realized that we had to change, not use two gallons of water to wash dishes and rinse them. Now I have a little spray bottle that lasts five days before I have to add any more water to it and just spray the vein around, wipe them off, make sure they're dry and clean. And I don't know how, spe- how specific you want to be, but uh, for, <laughs> you know, for your biological needs, you know, uh, you carry a bottle, you know, for, for your liquids, and um, your trash one, your trash can becomes your toilet also. You can use biodegradable bags, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, yeah, we find it's, it's real, not a problem. We really. find real restrooms when we can, but when you can't, we've got our bucket and our bottle. Yeah, respect each other's needs when we need privacy. Yeah, it's sure. Just, it's just part of the... And it takes up living together. smaller amount of space as well, which yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah I have win. a one-gallon bucket. Absolutely. I had two of them. My, my son uh, has a bus now, and I gave him my other bucket. I got my bucket from uh, a fiberglasser. It's a non-permeable material because it's where they kept the fiberglass stuff. So nothing sticks, no odors stick. And you have a bag anyway, so you're not putting anything actually yeah, in the bucket. Absolutely. It it's great. An issue, yeah. Very nice. It's very <clears throat> streamlined approach. I like it. And it kind of leads me to the next question as well, which is about um, pairing back. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine, I don't know, it seems like you guys probably have paired back leading up to this lifestyle. Yes. Um, but moving into and living out of a van, such a small space, have mm-hmm. you found that you had to pair back even more? Well, again, I say, you know, you have to reinvent yourself and the way you live to be able to be successful in a band life. Mm-hmm. So I think we have become creatures of comfort that we take so much for granted that we really don't need it. We want it, but we don't really need it. 
So to murder into a boss, you absolutely have to give up all those things. Giving up in a positive way. You are not lacking anything. Actually, you're gaining something, which is the freedom to go wherever you want, whenever you want. The experience. So you do have to, yeah, give up a lot of stuff in, in that sense, you know. We basically sold everything we have. But I think, I think it, it just hit me. We came from the States. We had access to everything in our fingertips. We put everything in our backpack to go to South America, hoping we'd find a bus. If not, we'd just be mochileros around, you know, wherever we were going. <laughs> but we found the bus, and as soon as we settled into the bus, there were all these things we needed, that we thought we needed. We so we, we spent needed. nine months looking for Ziplocs, duct tape, and I really wanted my exacto oh, I wanted that duct tape. In so South badly. America, it's not that easy to find things. Mm-hmm. And in the States, you want any of those things, you go down to the corner store, you go to Walmart, you go to wherever. Easy peasy. And I think it's once we moved in the bus and we realized we needed these things, we bought what we could from Little Mercados, but there was all these things we wanted that would make life so much easier, the, that little thing and this little thing. And, oh, if we only had that, oh, we're going to get this one day. And we spent nine months looking. We'd stop at hardware stores trying to find duct tape, and they're like, nope, no me. clue. <laughs> but after nine months, it seems like the magical number. I started talking to people. As this mm-hmm. happened to us, we started talking okay. to people who were missing their favorite foods from home, who were missing this and missing that. About nine months... When you can't, you don't have access or you don't have space, you learn these things aren't important, you know? It was going to, you know, getting little veggies in little bags. Those bags became our Ziplocs, you know? If they're clean, we save everything like that. We don't need to buy it. Since we went back to the States and we were there for a little bit of time, I haven't bought a Ziploc. I haven't bought a garbage bag. I don't need to. It's all around me. I'm not part of the consumeristic plastic waste, I'm using things that would be considered trash and reusing them and reusing them until sure. they truly are unreusable. And I think this trip, it's so much easier. We have been in the, you know, on this leg of our journey for a couple months now, and I don't think there's anything either of us said that we needed, that we're missing, you know. I packed my little bag of jewelry, and that's that was a shift into which... I realizing that the lifestyle I'm choosing and all the different things I could be doing and all the things I have the abilities to do, the jewelry making fits in to the van life. It's small tools and small things. And mm-hmm. I could do a lot of it in a very small space. With the small backpack, I have everything I need. You know? He likes his music, so he's got a small drum in there, you know? And I, I can't bring my big drums. No. So I need drums. So we got a little drum. We have just, you know, <coughs> one cup each. We have two bowls, two plates. I think we have a couple extra little plastic bowls. We brought, you know, four pieces of silverware in case we have guests. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's all these things. We really don't need all that stuff that we... In, in, in Even in a city like this that people have in their houses that everyone has, you know? You make that transition where things don't rob you from the freedom of enjoying what is free, which is life. You know, you have so few things that you're not burdened by those things. Right. By having to do your laundry every day, by, you know, none of that. You carry a few, you know, three t-shirts is enough, you know. Three outfits. Four pair of socks, that's plenty. 
E eu acho que como eu acho que por meditação, nós dizemos, é muito simples, eu acho. Eu acho que você está vestindo a mesma coisa. E eu sempre vou ver as mesmas roupas, sabe? Porque isso é tudo que eu tenho. Dark colors, dark colors. Ok, that's part one of my conversation with Samba and Teco. I enjoyed our conversation, and the best part is still to come in part two of the conversation when we dive in deeper into the realities of van life. During this part of the conversation, I was most interested in their unique perspectives about life. Teco said that you need to reinvent yourself when living in a van. I just love this concept. Said another way, we are extremely adaptable and dynamic creatures. When we have these external factors like living in a van, it forces us to adapt. We then learn about ourselves and grow through these experiences. It's quite beautiful. I also got quite inspired by how Samba is able to so easily change what normal is. For example, instead of having unlimited water to wash dishes, she's able to adapt and live comfortably with a new normal of having limited or no water. Or using a bucket and a bottle as a bathroom. It's all part of the process, really. We often make assumptions about the things that we consider as necessary. This conversation has inspired me to pause and rethink what I currently consider as necessities. Maybe they're not. So the real question would be, what is necessary? A great example is Samba's jewelry making tools and Teco's drum. These are the things that make them come alive. They've cleared out so many other distractions by pairing back for this lifestyle, and now they have time to focus more on their passions. This is truly proof that we need to keep cutting the noise to make room for what's essential. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss any future episodes, please subscribe to my podcast.